So yeah, I mean, I honestly, I wanted to make people smile. I wanted to make the city feel, especially for kids, like you walk outside and it's not the apocalypse. And I think it achieved that because I did get people, you know, sending me messages and posting things online. And I feel like it did definitely bring some happiness to people. Hey everyone, this is Helene from Coming From The Heart Podcast, an inspirational and motivational podcast about mental health, mindfulness, speaking your truth, and never feeling alone. Hey guys, I am super pumped to be talking to Mitchell Shore today. And Mitchell can speak for himself about his most famous pieces of creativity. Mitchell, I was enamored by your pieces. I was just saying in a little bit pre-chat when I was walking through Riverside Square in Hackensack, New Jersey at one of your galleries, I saw the vibrancy, I saw the color. And as I said to you in the email and the correspondence, it made me feel so happy and just to feel great all over. And I knew that your work is something that I wanted to share with my audience out there because clearly in the last two plus years of the pandemic, I believe all of us have been living in the dark and not, have not experienced artwork and, and the creativity and processes of so many things out there because so many people are just so stuck mentally. So thank you and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Mitchell. Mm -hmm. Thank you for having me, and thank you for those compliments. Oh my goodness! So let's let's first start. You're a New Yorker. Yes. Okay. okay. So we know that New Yorkers just have a different vibe, and I believe when I saw your pieces, first of all, the cereal boxes. We all kind of go back. I, I shouldn't I shouldn't generalize to our youth or things that made us really happy, and and I believe that. For so many people out there, if you're not really experiencing that kind of stuff in your life, maybe you're sort of missing out because I believe that your journey of where you are is so much of where you came from. And that's where I'll circle back to you being a New Yorker and living in this environment where you felt this excitement, this vibrancy of, of wanting to get out there and put art in so many cool, wonderful places. So... Let's let's hear from you, Mitchell. So what's up? Let's talk a little bit about you, where you came from, and all that kind of stuff. I grew up on 23rd Street and 2nd Avenue. And it was really the city at that time, I guess, in 1970s was not what you look at the city of today. And my memories of what made me I'm very interested in art was seeing the subway cars covered in paint. And, you know, it was all different. They were alive to me. There's a specific artist, and I was looking for his name here because I have it, um, Keith Haring. Would you say he was your inspiration for wanting he to... He definitely inspired me. I was actually, uh, I actually met him. Oh, wow. And when I met him, he made a drawing for me when I was a kid. So that was really cool, and it was a memorable experience. And I felt a part of the journey he had, I think, because of that. As a kid, you know, it was very, it was very, uh, it made me speak hard in a different way. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Cause I know when I was checking him out, his pieces specifically on the subways were cartoon like, and he definitely had different statements that were empowering. And of course, this is back in the day before all the things that we now see as far as social media and things that are coming our way. And 
and having the experience and riding a subway car and having art literally in motion. And I think that's where I was like, yes, I connect to this guy, you Mitchell, because when I see art, art to me is something that is moving that maybe is not so stagnant. So, you know, I'm, I'm curious, he influenced you in your pieces in what you do. Yeah, just the energy of it, you know, that's really, and the taking credit for it, signing his name wherever he did it, even on the street. And that was a big deal to sign your name, right? Not to be anonymous. I think so. I think it definitely is. Okay, so he influenced you to put your name on your pieces as well. Yeah, I felt like if I was going to go do something out on the street, I should sign my name to it. No, absolutely. Any regrets on that? Do you, do you feel like sometimes you want people to not know who you are? No, yeah, I'm happy about it. <laughs> You're happy about that. I mean, you've been actually, signing... It's actually surprising. You don't, I don't... I don't realize because it's just out there on the street if anyone knows if they pay attention to it or not. You know, right. it's not it's right. something I think about. Right, right, right. So I want to talk a little bit about your journey and, and, and connection to art and why art and what you were like as a kid. I mean, did you gravitate to want to draw? I mean, did you paint? So I definitely liked to paint as a kid. My parents would tell a story about how they came into my room one day and I drew all over the walls and colored them. And they said, what happened? And I said, the wind. <laughs> so from an early age, I was very into color and seeing things develop. What age were you like doing your art thing? Was it as a little well, guy? When, when I was 10, my parents got me into uh, the Art Students League in Midtown. And they had a weekend class that they had teenagers in. I love it. They let me come to the class. And it was it was model drawn and everything. It was right. it was definitely an eye opening experience as a ten year old to be part of that kind of figure right. drawing class. Yeah, no, amazing, amazing. So the art gene, shall I say? The like I was saying with the art gene. I mean, did anyone in your family with as an artist? Where do you think this came from? Well, my grandfather painted. He was a, he was a actually a painter, but he he also did paint on the side, like for his own enjoyment. Okay. Eventually from that, but I don't know. You know, it's hard to tell. Yeah, exactly. No. So do your are your kids into art? Do they like to draw as well? They definitely do, yeah. So okay, I was thinking, you know, the genetic connection there. So you went off to I, I'm looking at my notes, Ithaca. You went to Ithaca College. Yeah. yeah. And then you went on to Carnegie Mellon. So did you study fine arts or what did you do when you were I, I, I had a, I had a bachelor's in fine arts, but I really wasn't sure that's what I wanted to do. So it didn't really matter. It was like I kind of studied everything, and I ended up having lots of different majors, minors. <laughs> at no, the I end of the day. no, I, I kind of, took college as a place to study things, opposed to have a degree. I don't know if that was the right way to go or not. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then you took some time. You went to uh, I see the New York, New York Academy of Art, and then you went to uh, you studied in Florence in Italy as well. Yeah, I would say that was probably where the best my best learning experience for art was. Right. Exactly. No, that's cool. So as an artist, you know, we talk about art, we talk about mental health, clearly, you know, focusing up back to the podcast and what this is all about. Artists are different. They're creatives. They think differently, spatially. And regarding mental health, you know, in light of the pandemic and stuff, that's clearly what people are speaking of more often, thank goodness, about how, you know, as an artist, Artists are are different, and we're more of an anomaly. Would you agree with that? That I'm an anomaly? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I, well, I guess I, I mean, apparently I am. I didn't realize that until like I'll sit in in the gallery every once in a while just to you know see what's how it goes. And, yeah. and when people come in, I I don't I didn't realize not many people are able to come up with uh, creative ideas. I guess I'm not really. I didn't really understand that. No. I just thought everyone saw things the way I did, but I realized. Ah, okay, <laughs> got it. When did you realize that? So maybe the past week. I don't know. Oh, the past week. Oh, okay. So maybe I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay. No, I mean I've, I've realized it for a little while. I just it's becoming more clear. Right, 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 right. So and I also touched upon mental health. You know, the artists. You know, you're talking Van Gogh. You talk about where mental health. Like they would have all these different types of interesting or crazy types of pieces and drawings um, where he cut off his ear, that specific piece. When you're drawing and you're putting pieces out there, is there anything that you're feeling specifically? I mean, clearly you're feeling whatever you're feeling, but touching upon your mood in the moment. Probably. I mean, you know, I don't really think about it because I, mean, I don't like, I don't just like, it's not like I paint in a work environment. Like it's, if I'm not feeling it, I'm not painting. So it's yeah. like I'm, I no, can't really usually no, paint no. if I'm feeling into it kind of. Right. So no, if no, no. feelings exist, I'm probably not going to paint. Got it. Let's move on to talk about, okay, we're talking about the race and the ice cream trucks, and I'm thinking about all the cool stuff that you have out there. And when you're thinking of your mental health and your mental space, you know, connecting DeRace to the ice cream truck, I mean, I believe I read that obviously you, you merged those two together to create, you know, uh, different types of pieces that you're putting out there. Were you nervous to do that because it was two separate ideas or concepts? I don't really think about it like that. I just kind of did it. You know, it's not a, I, I'm trying to think, like, I, I don't think as so much overall anxiety is being put into it. Uh, it's just a thought, you know, it's just like, oh, this will be fun. Got it. Well, you know, I want to go back to the fun part, because as I said, when I saw your pieces in, in of course, Riverside, it made me so happy. It like, you know, it drew me in. And that to me, like when, you know, I don't particularly see darkness in your any of your pieces, but the race and ice cream trucks movement. I, I love the fact that your pieces move. I love the fact that you do these murals in these crazy ass places. You're in Manhattan, you're in Vermont, you're in Detroit, you did stuff with cars. And it doesn't seem like you're nervous about anything. It seems like you're just like, you oh, just I'm, do I'm, it. I'm on, <laughs> on the contrary, I'm definitely really? nervous. Really? I grew up in New York City. <laughs> right. With Jewish parents. <laughs> there you go. Well, me too. Okay. I, I, I um, there is a uh, overriding nervousness that exists within me. I just don't think in in the process of art it's as nervous is what I would say. Maybe I'm not nervous in that category. Maybe I should be. I don't know. I'm not really thinking about it. I do it for me at the end of the day. Maybe that's what it comes down to. It's making me feel happy and hopefully other people. Right. So I'm not really overthinking it because that's not even coming into the equation. Love the, yeah, love the response. I mean, I think that when you as a creator, as a creative sit down to do, it's in happy space, if, I, if I'm saying that correctly. It's in happy space. And then you have so many different intertwining pieces of movement. Like DeRace is so freaking cool. I just like, I'm, I'm so stuck on that. And then the ice cream truck, you know, the Mr. Softy, I mean, that to me, you know, was 
amazing. I want to get back to the lenses, how we see things, and also the movement part of it. To see a piece of art go past you, I think is mind-blowing. You want to just comment on that, like versus pieces that are more stagnant? So I view that just as it's it's a constant, it's a moving wall, basically, that can go everywhere. So I think of all of them as moving. This one just happens to have wheels because okay. the, the energy from them, one, a lot of them don't last because they're on the streets. Right. So they're always moving in the way I view it. This just has the wheels and is able to, and there's two of them now. There's another one that's a, a smaller truck that right. drives me. Right, right, right. So let's talk about like some new projects. Because I mean, I, I viewed, of course, about your Red Barn in Vermont. I mean, where did that come that came from these guys who had a, a charity organization and they were, it, it funded like inner city kids to go snowboarding. Oh, wow. And they sponsored this project for me. Okay, cool. cool, cool. Right. What would you say to a new artist who, for like for yourself, coming out into this crazy world of social media and all the things that, you know, that you're dealing with on kind of, as a more vetted person. Uh, here's what I would say. For anyone who wants to be in anything where you're putting yourself out there, if you're unable to accept criticism or the fact that a lot of people might not like what you do, don't, don't do that. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's the thing. I, I think if you're gonna be an artist, you're accepting that you are put in your work out there for people to make comments about whether positive or negative. Uh -huh, uh -huh. If you're not someone that could handle that part of it, that's the first piece. And a lot of it might be negative for a long time. You never know. How would you support a new artist in their, in reference to their mental health with not being upset that they're getting negative criticism? Cause I mean, that's like in anything in life. I'm, I'm trying to figure that out myself. <laughs> Right. I mean, you know, my parents would always say thin skin, you know, you really have to believe in yourself. Do you think that comes from being from your from the, your upbringing to really have that core value to yourself? Potentially, you know, what I mean? <laughs> right. Well, let's I, mean, I think everything that happens when you were a kid has shaped you. Absolutely. I do, I do believe that. Right. So whether it's positive or negative, any experience has right. called you to be the person you might be currently. Absolutely, yes. You know, I don't know. I, I think it's it you are this person whether or not you want to be that person. You know, it's like you're right. going to, some people never could do, you know, what, what another person might do just because of whatever happened when they were a kid. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So what would you tell your own kids about that? Having a core to not be upset about whether what others say about what you're doing to to stick to your truth of who you are. You know, I go with just the only person that matters, you know, and is what you think. And that's it. That's how I view it. Now, <laughs> I'm not hurting anybody or doing anything bad to anybody else, obviously. That's kind of no, the no, 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 no. Oh, my you know, gosh. So my feeling is, you know, as long as you're not doing anything bad to anyone else, it really makes no difference what anyone has to say. I like that. Okay. So let's talk about when you're doing your pieces and you're all over the place. I mean, you're, you know, you're in Manhattan, you're in Hong Kong, you're in China, you're kind of a global kind of person. Um, is there a specific place that you feel the most comfortable when you're out there 
doing your murals on these moving pieces that sometimes, as they say, are temporary pieces. When you say most comfortable, I'm not sure what you're- When you say most comfortable in that you are feeling very much yourself or you're feeling comfortable with the environment or like, say for an example, you know, when you're painting in Hong Kong, clearly it's not like painting in Manhattan or- No, no, it doesn't. I I think, I, I mean, I don't know how to explain this, but when I'm painting, or and I think most artists probably have this, it doesn't, I don't know where I am. You know, it's like, you know, I'm making it, I'm in my own, it's all the same place. Okay. So it doesn't matter if it's in Hong Kong or New York or, or in, you know, Israel, it makes no difference. <laughs> it's, all, it's all- I understand that. The same I place. That. I understand that. The only difference is might what be going on around me. When I spoke to one of a friend of mine, JPO Art, who actually did a piece for me that I had hung in my studio, it's all with hearts and so forth. Mm -hmm. We were talking a lot about going to communities that need art. And also another friend of mine, Jason Naller, he's also a, another muralist out there. He's bringing his pieces of life to places that are sad, um, mm -hmm. where they really need to feel vibrancy and art. And I also want to talk about your colors, like how you decided to pick certain color palettes. So I guess the first part of it is that, you know, you're bringing your art to neighborhoods that need that need you because they're sad. So my color palette is coming just from when in, in, the, in the world of spray paint, let's just say. The color palette's just coming from all the cans that I'm able to get. <laughs> if, it exists, it. Okay. if it exists, I'm buying the paint. If I'm painting with my own, like oil painting and stuff like that, I'm mixing colors. So I could, it, the color might not even be like you can't buy it because it's, I'm making it. Is it tough to get paint now because of pandemic? Because I've heard that from certain artists, like stuff coming in, it's not, you know, as no. easy. You're good. I don't have any issues. Well, you're Mitchell Shore, so that's why. Like, you're, you're no, I go to the I go to the, I go to the same art supply stores. Everybody. Oh my God, no, I'm, I'm I'm totally kidding. But back to the part about bringing your art to temporary spaces, construction sites, or whatever. And then it, you know, it's here, it's gone. But you're giving people something to look at while they're going to work, or it's a really bad specific area of a neighborhood. That must feel really good to be able to do that. And, and and also, you know, with projects, I guess it depends where you're painting, how long it takes. Like, you know, a certain mural could take, I don't know, I don't, give us time frame. Like, give us, give us a day of Mitchell Shore painting a mural, you know, on the side of XY wall in Manhattan. And, you know, and Manhattan's pretty big or other barrows. Yeah. Okay. So an example. Okay. XY wall, whatever wall you might want. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So, 20, 30 feet long, right? Eight feet high, 10 feet high. And I get there around 5 a.m. And I'm done by 7.30. 7.30 in the morning. Like it's... <laughs> Who's supporting you doing this? How many people do you got working with you to, do, to get this out there? It's just me and usually someone to take photographs or watch. Wow crazy person's coming up behind me. Wow. Okay. So you don't have anybody to, you know, you're, you're basically doing it yourself in that respect. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Kudos to you. Amazing. Amazing. What about, okay, let's talk, let's talk the cars, you know, let's talk about the ice cream shop. How long did that take you to actually do those types of pieces? 
as well. The oil paintings or? I'm talking, well, not the oil paintings yet. I'm, I'm talking on, I'm, I'm going to go to two different categories. Let's focus in on the cars and let's focus in on the ice cream truck, the soft truck. Like how long did that take? So it only takes like an hour or so. Really? Yeah, maybe two hours. Wow. It's spray paint. So spray paint works really fast. Wow. And what, and the truck as well to actually do? To yeah, paint? all of it. Oh my gosh. Okay. I thought it might, you know, much, much longer. All right. So That's then right. let's, wow. Okay. Well, maybe you're, you know, you're good at this. All right. And I see you have behind you, is that Nike? What about your, let's talk about your cereals that kind of immerse me. Like, let's, let's talk how, you know, the process on how you, how, what you paint on type of canvas and so forth. Yeah. So there's, you know, normal canvas, but the paintings themselves are based on cereal boxes from the 70s and 80s mm. from all around the world and it's just based on the idea that everyone has a memory of cereal whether it's your you were able to eat all these sugary cereals or you weren't so i feel like there's like two categories of people or then there's people that don't even know what cereal is so there's <laughs> three, three categories right, um, right. Um, so i just found them really interesting seeing them out of in, in different countries and that meaning other people of the same age might have had the same experiences with cereal. Okay, so I'm going to ask you this question, Mitchell. Wait for it. How many countries are you dealing with with cereal boxes? I mean, are you, for an example, can you write, you know, in Hebrew or or in Chinese or Arabic? Or... There's probably like six of my in Arabic, yep, for sure. So when people want these types of pieces, clearly, you know, I would also want to talk about your types of galleries you have. I mean, I went to the one course in New Jersey and Riverside why did you pick that space oh it's just a it was an opportunity that was was presented it's a residency so it's like there for a year and I felt as as far I mean it's an, it's an interest basically the opportunity presented itself so right okay now what's the type of clients and customers that come in to purchase your pieces there i mean do you you know do people come from far wide is it a community so, you know, it's, it's it's a lot of people have moved from the city into the suburbs and i think right. that audience has been showing up there right okay what seems to be popular what are people into like what are they buying in there like as far as they've been buying everything to be honest amazing Amazing. Yeah, that's, that's, that's cool. Like, and so, but an actual retail store. In Manhattan, no, there's no retail. In okay. So New Jersey and what other space are you in? What other galleries? Merlot Gallery. It's up on 79th and Madison. So I'm doing you know. some stuff in California. What's the most popular piece people want? And like you said, a lot of stuff selling, but what it, you know, I'm trying to really get back to pandemic and people being closed in and people looking at things. So people want, you know, fun stuff in your, in their life. Cause I, when I, when I was writing again, that email to you, I just felt like with your color popping and, and movement is that people want to be happy. If there's, you know, people are, I think are really looking for happiness in some aspect in the two plus years. As I say, we still proceeding in into pandemic where I'm still wearing a mask. Many people are still not, are, are not. It's very much of a personal choice. We're we're still in this this different headset of space, and I believe art of clearly what you're doing is so beautiful because you can be bringing this to people who need sunshine in your life. 
you know, in their lives. Would you agree with that? I mean, obviously the pandemic, I mean, when during the pandemic, I mean, this is a personal, were you, what were you, what were you doing? Were you think? I mean, clearly everyone was locked down, you were in home, do everybody was sort of in the same space. Were, what were you, what were you working on specifically as far as projects? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Mitchell. What do you like sitting there? I, I didn't do anything. I, I hung out with my children and then I told my wife I would clean the garage and I, I never <laughs> did. So <laughs> that was basically it. That was it. <laughs> Two yeah. years. It flew by. Oh my God. You're so funny. Okay. You were just, I'm com- I'm thinking like, you know, you made this incredible piece. Maybe it was in your garage or, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I wasn't really feeling making art to be honest <laughs> yeah no no and I, I, I did i went out and i take that back i did go out and, and i painted i did go out and paint on buildings oh you did oh okay um, i take that back okay everything that was boarded up in new york city i painted over i love um, that oh wow but i didn't do anything in my home because yes i was doing stuff in my home so i wasn't really <laughs> doing, i wasn't really doing anything in the studio i was only on the street, on um, the street. okay yeah. So I painted, I painted probably a hundred blocks of the city um, with okay. all the border, all the everything that was boarded up. Oh my goodness! How does that work? You just be like, hey, I you have to get permission to do this. No, no. It ended up that um, the the police took me in to talk. Really? <laughs> Seriously? Oh my Seriously. god! Yeah. So I decided to paint. I was on Fifth Avenue, and I was painting on. Um, across from the public library so i guess that was a little kind of high profile spot and man like that is some serious balls of doing that if i say that on my pocket like that's some serious shit like you went out yeah and i find my name so the police were wondering why i didn't run from them and i said how would i run my name is here i was like wow so okay now we're getting to some good shit here okay so would you say you're an adventurous? Because clearly, I don't know, maybe some other artists would be nervous to do that. Here's what it was. I felt the city was really sad, scary, and I don't live here anymore, but it was upsetting to me to see that. So I decided to get up every morning, like four in the morning, and, and picture a section of the city that was boarded up and start painting. And... I started with uh, Madison Avenue, then I went to the Meatpacking, then I went to the Upper West Side, and then I went to the, uh, where did I, Midtown, and then I went to Fifth Avenue. And that was probably the mistake, but, you know, I felt like it was boarded up. I also felt, technically, I wasn't really ruining too much stuff, because it was already ruined, right? (laughs) I was making people smile. That's how I looked at it. I guess it doesn't matter. A crime's a crime. So, you know what? And that totally circles back to the beginning of the conversation about why I wanted to speak to you. You made me smile. You made me happy when I saw your pieces. I mean, so, I think, yeah, I think that's what you want to do. Are you, are you want to please people, yes? So, yeah, I mean, I honestly, I wanted to make people smile. I wanted to make the city feel, especially for kids, like you walk outside and it's not the apocalypse. And I think it achieved that because I did get people, you know, sending me messages and posting things online. And I feel like it did definitely bring some happiness to people. Wow. So, 
Well, you're a very amazingly kind person. Okay, so you didn't clean the garage, but you clearly went out there and, you know, did some yeah. rituals. If I, have, if I have something I really want to do, I guess I get it done, right? I would um, say yeah, passion. You got a passion there, Mitchell. So it was definitely a lot of street blocks. Like I would, I would say it was about 100 blocks that I, I covered in the city in, in, wow. in wow. the summer of the pandemic. Okay, so the question is, what were you painting specifically? Like, it was all the race for the most part. Because that was the other thing. It wasn't, I didn't want to go out. Everyone, there were people out painting, you know, Black Lives Matter, yes. people painting COVID stuff. And here's the reality. I know about all that, and everybody else does too. And I wanted people to kind of not deal with that for a second. Mm. That's how I view it. But I do think we still are dealing with all these things, and maybe all the people weren't dealing with it to begin with. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I no, I agree with you. And I, yeah, thank you so much for sharing that you were painting. All do many people know that about you that you were doing that? Unless they know you. Well, Unless yeah, it, it ended up on a, a bunch of news like NBC okay. and. Okay, well, that kind of is someone. Well, yeah. yeah I, I, <laughs> so I mean, people did find out, and plus it was all over the city. So if you walked right. around. I mean, it is very interesting to me. A lot of people don't notice stuff, and then they see this my stuff somewhere else, and they're like, "Oh, where did I see that before?" And I'm like, I love really? that. Love how, that. how is that like possible? Like you've been walking <laughs> past this and taking photographs with it in the background, but you didn't yeah. notice. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I love that. You know, I did know NBC and I did know that stuff. But what I wanted to hear from you really is that, if I may say this, you were on your mission to, to, to put beauty and smiles on spaces that were so sad. I went into the city in that time frame as well. It was my son's birthday around Soho. And you wanted to cry. You just felt so emotionally depleted. And I love the fact that you didn't want to bring up topics like Black Lives Matter or other things that we clearly know in our heart that are important or about the pandemic. We just we just wanted to look at something beautiful and nice. And, you know, so the fact that you're all over doing that stuff and you're, you know, how did you, you know, so you brought your paints and you just kind of went out and just did it, I guess, right? That was basically it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I love the fact that when people see a piece and then they're like, oh my God, wait, this looks really, and you know, that that's pretty cool. And not knowing, like, okay, did I see that somewhere else? What do you think about people taking all those pictures as, you know, selfies and all your pieces and posting? And I want to talk a little bit about social media, what you think, you know. No, people... I'm totally fine with it. My, my social media issue is that no one tags my work. They do post <laughs> pictures. Like, I'll see it. People come over to me and show me, like, their Facebook page or whatever. <laughs> or, like, their, their movie they made on TikTok and like, look, I used your stuff in the background. I'm like, it would be nice to have like my name attached to that, so like people know it's me. Right. And I'm constant. Like people for some reason don't give that tag to me. I'm not sure why. Oh, who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Social. I mean, social media is just how should I say the good, the bad, and the ugly of it in that respect. You know. So totally agree with that. So we're going to get to some fun stuff here, Mitchell. I know, like, I'm so happy and excited that you shared that with me. How did you feel when, you know, NBC was putting out there, you know, specifically with this stuff for you? I was excited. Yeah, <laughs> I would absolutely think that. All right, we're, okay, I'm looking for here. All right, we're going to do a piece right now called, you know, Rapid Fire Questions, all right? So. Okay. I'm ready. Get your, get your excitement on here. Okay, so. My son loves Ferraris. Why the Ferrari? Is that your favorite car? 
So there's a couple of answers to this question. Okay. One of the answers is part of that work that I was doing and always doing is this memory of cars when you're a kid. And that was like the car that every kid, especially boys, wanted to have. Yes. Right? So the next step to that story is one of my collectors he happened to collect Ferraris and then he commissioned me to paint some of his cars, which led to me being introduced to the world of the Ferrari people <laughs> and kind of it, it kind Amazing. of took its own thing. But yeah. weird enough, my experience with Ferrari that took place for their 70th anniversary where I painted the race was completely because of the race and I got a phone call one day and it was an organization looking to hire me for an event. They'd like to come to my studio to talk to me, but they really want the race. And I said, who's this organization? And they said, it's Ferrari. And I said, are you sure they want my race? And they said, I'm sure. So I said, well, why don't you come to my studio and we'll talk about this. And they came here and they walk in and I had all my paintings of Ferraris that were oil paintings. And they were like, oh my God, you do oil paintings? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, we never knew. We're fans of the race. And I said, really? <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Was, yeah, we love the race. And I was like, oh, I had no idea. So they basically did a show, though, at the end of the day for the oil paintings as well. We sold the paintings and benefited and saved the children charity. Oh, amazing. Beautiful, beautiful. Mm -hmm. So the question is, do you have a Ferrari? Is that too much to ask for? Okay. No. <laughs> May I ask them to lend me one or give me one? Right. Didn't oh, it didn't work out. I'm sorry about that. What I also like about the race, I just wanted to comment before we get into our rapid fire here questions, is you don't have a finish line. I love that. There's no finish line. There's no, like, I just was, I always laugh when I was reading that. Yeah. I don't know if it'll end, you know, I don't know. I have no idea. There's no, it's just, it's just, it's just racing. Okay. It's, it's just in motion, which is what I love. All right. So here we go. Favorite car and brand. Now, is it going to be Ferrari? Is it going to be something else? I don't know if I have a favorite car. Weirdly enough, I probably don't want a Ferrari or any of those cars. It's not, I like to look at them. I don't necessarily need that car in my life. I do like the Tesla SUV. Okay. So if I wouldn't, yeah. you know, in my car that I like to have right now is that car. Okay. Like I, I mean, if I was just buying like a car to own, like a car, I would want a classic Ferrari at the end of the day, like a Dino or something. But like I said, it's not, it's not something I really want. Like it's not like that. <laughs> you know, there's other things. It's not like I don't want a boat either. You know, it's still <laughs> thing, but it don't. I don't yeah. care. I'd rather, I'd rather travel and eat good food. Yeah. Okay. All right. Where do you, okay. So now that we said that, favorite place to travel? Uh, Italy's probably. Have you been? Obviously, you've been. I lived, I lived in Italy. Yeah. Specifically, where? Where were you? In Florence. Ah, beautiful. So let's talk food. Let's talk really good food. What's your go to? Go to what? <laughs> <laughs> Go to, what is your favorite, like, what is your favorite pasta? What's your, I mean, come on, that's like, you know. Like what pasta I like? Yeah, yeah. What do you like? What's so, like, when you were in Italy, you said, how long were you, how long were you there? Well, obviously you studied there. I was there for about nine months. Okay. But I've been back many times since, and I have a lot right. of collectors in, in Milan. Right. 
Of course, of course. Is there something, a specific meal that you go to, you know, when I say your go-to, that you enjoy, that you like? I mean, the gods. Well, I'm, I'm in Italy. I like fresh pastas. And... Yeah, gelato, in gelato. Oh, I'm a tiramisu guy. Oh, okay. All right. So then that makes me to the next one. Favorite ice cream brand and flavor. I like to make my own ice cream now. So um go with my own ice cream is the one I like better because I don't think anyone's doing it as well. <laughs> but... really? Okay. Well, if the artwork art world doesn't work out, you can, you know, make some ice cream then for you. I think you're doing pretty okay. What, what kind of where did that come from during the pandemic? You had some downtime? Yeah, no, I always wanted an ice cream machine and we bought one. <laughs> okay. So, like I said, I wasn't cleaning the garage. I was up to stuff. I was baking. Okay, cool. What kind of, so what's your flavor? What do you make? And your kids like it. They like to have like uh, cookies, ice cream, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. So there you go. Your own. All right. Favorite, I got to ask you these questions. Favorite cereal. Clearly, we're talking cereal boxes. Favorite cereal that you ate as a kid? Maybe favorite cereal that you eat now? I don't know. So as a kid, I only really had Cheerios. I wasn't in Rice Krispies. There you go. Uh-huh. So, and as a kid, the cereal I liked when I had it, and which is probably so horrible for you, it's that Fruity Pebbles. Oh, man. That's the Fruity Pebbles right there. That's uh, Fruit Loops. Oh, fruit. see, what do I know? I couldn't eat sugar cereal as a kid. I was denied that. Okay. I was eating Cheerios. Favorite paint color? Which is any, any specific color that you go to? Which favorite color? I might, it might be blue just because I notice a lot of blue around. I do see blue. <laughs> I do see a lot of blue. Your, your race cars are blue. Very cool. All right, moving on. Favorite New York City moment? Any personal experiences, any other than maybe getting arrested during pandemic? I don't know. Any favorite New York City moment? <laughs> That's interesting. You know, I'm not, I mean, now, I mean, since you brought it up at the beginning, maybe meeting Keith Aaron as a kid and yeah. me making a film for me. I mean, that could be an, amazing. amazing. I have a lot of moments like that, though. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I can't, I mean, not that specific, like where I have a drawing from him, right. but like, sure. I have a lot of moments from, growing up that you know they're mm. so it's like i guess they could be a new york city moment okay. <laughs> um, i have a question what if you didn't grow up in manhattan do you think you your trajectory would be in the art world do you think you would have gone in a different direction i don't know if growing up in manhattan had anything to do with it you know i'm not i can't i can't actually say that's the reason i'm an art you know i mm. you know what i'm saying i don't think that's the reason it would, okay. i think the reason would be that when pencils and crayons are put in front of me, I start drawing instead of writing things. If you if you were not an artist, do you think there's anything else, maybe making ice cream, is there anything else that you think you would have done with your life specifically that you enjoy? You know, I enjoy, I like to ski, so maybe I'd be a professional skier, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, okay. And any, okay, and let me, the last one is, is kind of divisive here. A favorite artist, a contemporary artist that you, admire that you you know think is great or are there a few are they living they could be and so i would think non-living I, I i'm a real fan of lucian freud okay um living i would i mean honestly i would say banksy just just because i like his smartness mm -hmm. and what about calder what do you think about calder's pieces 
You know, the, and then what drew me to think of him in regards to you is its movement. And with your art, I feel so much movement as well. Yeah, um, his work's cool. I don't know if I'm like such a huge fan in that sense. Okay. okay. I don't know how I would compare. Okay. And last but not least, Mitchell, we always have a segment because, of course, the name of our podcast is Coming from the Heart, is a situation or a place or a person that has enamored you and touched your heart. I mean, you mentioned, of course, this person, Keith, who uh, inspired you to be maybe an artist and do similar stuff that he did and, and not or not. Um, but is there a situation or a person or a place or anything in your life that's pretty broad that has enamored you and touched you? in a specific way? It's such a, it's such a wide question. Um, it is a wide question. I can make it specific. Is there I'm anything that happened? Sure where to go with it. Uh, it could be something that happened in the last month. It could be something in your personal. It could be something in your professional. You know, I, I mean, honestly, just I think I mean, in that category, I think it's if people come in like they acknowledge they know my work, like that's, I would say, the thing that makes me feel that way. Wow, that's beautiful. And I think it really circles back to what we were saying so many different spaces during our chat here is that your art is put out there to make people laugh and smile and be happy. That's how I take it. And I think that's amazing. I think that's an incredible gift that you have. And thank you, because I think we all need it. I think we all continue to need it. Even without a pandemic, there's just too much sadness and darkness in our day to day. And looking at your pieces, as I say, from the very beginning, when I attached myself and was like, oh, my God, I scanned your code at that door. And I said, I want this guy to come on and talk to me because mental health clearly needs to be in a, in a different space. People need to think differently about their own depression or anxiety. And I think art gives us this, this window for moments, whatever it is, to smile and be happy. Thank you for doing you. I do really appreciate you. Thank you, Thank you for having me. Yeah, this has been a beautiful interview. And I guess, uh, as we, we would say, where would people find you specifically on your socials? Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's probably the best place. <laughs> or, or checking out your galleries. I want to come to this gallery of yours in the city. If you invite me, I'll come. I just sure. love, love, no to love to check it out. Love to see your pieces. Thank Definitely. you for doing this today. This has been wonderful. And I'm glad we got on and had this conversation. So enjoy your Thanksgiving. Thank you, you so much again. And we'll speak soon. Have a great night. Thank you so much. Have a good night. You too. Bye. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. Please check out my episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and weekly Instagram lives where I am honored with talented, exceptional guests. Can't wait to see you all there.